0: You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Let's get into the scriptures this morning. I'm going to be reading from uh, the Gospel of John this morning for uh, a little bit, so I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with me there. I'm going to be reading um, from an NIV version, but I'd like to read from John chapter 20, a few verses and i want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about miracles in particular the miracles of jesus all right remember we're in a year long series this series is is called centered it is all about being centered and focused on jesus and his life and uh, so we're going to talk about miracles uh, we're going to talk about the miracles of jesus here and um, and hopefully we can just sort of set the order for the next several Uh, sermons that are going to be coming up. I'm going to be preaching about a miracle next Sunday uh, that Jesus performed uh, the Sunday after that. Uh, Nathan is going to, Dr. Hitchcock will be preaching to you a sermon about miracles, and then after that, maybe Pastor Dave will, who knows, but we're, we're going to spend some time, some of us, just sort of unpacking some of these miracles uh, for you and uh, looking at them together. Um, but uh, today, let's just, let's, let's talk a little bit about this idea of miracles, and in particular, the miracles of Jesus, all right? So we're going to look at John chapter 20 to do that. Let me just pray, and then I like to read this passage for you and then we'll unpack it for just a little bit here, okay? Father, we are desperately dependent upon you. We realize that, that we cannot do in our own strength and out of our own will the things that must be accomplished to see your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And so we come to you this morning, Lord, with our hearts very, very tender, very, very open to you, God, asking you to help us, asking you to manifest yourself and make yourself known to us today. Would you speak to us concerning the miracles of Scripture? Would you speak to us in how you want to move and operate and perform in our day? Would you speak to us about what is available to us and uh, would you let us, allow us, Lord, to, to enter into such a, a dynamic, powerful relationship with you that we begin to see your character and your nature manifested in all the things that we are doing. Lord, we know that uh, without uh, us as branches being connected to the vine, we can do nothing. We can do nothing apart from you. And so we want to be connected today. We want to, to uh, enjoy this relationship with you. And we want to be poured out for you. We want to be used for your glory and for your honor. And so we ask you today to speak into our lives. We ask you to, to speak life to us, to to give us a a refreshing hope today, we ask you to stir us, Lord, stir our faith and build it up in us, God, uh, so so that we pray powerful prayers of expectation, Lord, believing that you will do amazing, miraculous things among us, God. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise today because it is only through you that we are capable of gathering together and uh, joining our hearts and setting our hands to the task uh, of reaching the lost and discipling them. So we thank you, God. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, and your grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's just read through this and then uh, let me talk to you just a little bit today, okay? Um, this is the passage where Jesus appears to Thomas. This is, of course, after uh, his death and, and his resurrection. He has already appeared to, to Mary Magdalene and, and, and others. And um, so now Thomas, in verse uh, 24, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I, I do want to talk to you about miracles and, and I, want to, I want to just springboard off of this particular passage because i I identify with this passage a lot. I identify with Thomas. Um, I'm not sure if I identify with Thomas just because I 'm human or because uh, I carry his his name. Uh, my name is William Thomas, so I, my parents named me Thomas. Um, and, and on occasion, it was referred to as I was growing up that I could be the doubting Thomas. Uh, I, I, had, I had a real need to see to believe, uh, seeing was believing. And so for me, uh, all along, this, this idea of, of um, faith uh, has been something that, that is so intriguing and, and something that I so you know, try to get my head around uh, because I want, I want to be a great believer. I want to be one of great faith. I, I, I read about some of the, the great spiritual leaders and their, their magnitude of faith. And I, I look at myself and I, I think, God, I why can't I sort of like shift over there? Why can't I live over there in that place of just, just believing and just having great faith and just praying those great prayers? Uh, when oftentimes I find myself over here going, is that really real? You know, is that, is that, I I don't know, you know, and I, I have, I have questions going on in my head all the time. Uh, So I I identify with Thomas when he says, yeah, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. You know, when I can, when I can touch it, when I can feel it, when I can see it and smell it, well, that's when, when I will believe it. And, uh, and so it's amazing to me. I love this story. Jesus just comes in. Uh, I love his entrance. You know, that alone is, is so miraculous, you know. He, he does the Star Trek thing, you know, and he's just, he just, he's there. You know, he just sort of walks in through, through the, 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 the wall, so to speak, you know. And I, don't, I can't explain that to you. You can't explain it to me other than we say it's a miracle. It, it's a miraculous thing that happened. It's not something that, that our logic can wrap itself around because there's nothing logical about it, all right. But he comes in. And he's, he's standing there. And, of course, he greets everyone. Uh, and I think it's a wonderful greeting. Peace. Because I'm sure there's some, some startled individuals uh, sitting there. But he speaks peace to them. And then it's interesting to me that immediately he goes to who? Thomas. He immediately goes to Thomas and he says, you know, touch me. Go ahead. Touch me right where it counts. Look at the scar in my hand. Look at the at the. At the the incision in my side. Put your hands there and touch me. And when he does, there's something amazing that happens in Thomas. It's that thing that I want to happen in all of us. It's, it's that moment when it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're Jesus, the Son of God. Yeah. And, and we somehow realize our, our limitedness, you know. We, we somehow realize our humanity, our finiteness. But at the same time, we realize his greatness and his, his, his infinite ability to, to, to come and, and, and to touch our lives and to change us and transform us and, and do those things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And we realize that he is the Son of God. Those are amazing moments. And I don't think there's only one. I think they happen at various times in our lives. They, they happen at various transitional points and places. there' are shiftings that, that go on. And, and we grow, and we grow, you know, level by level or from place to place with God. Our glory unto glory, as the Bible speaks of it, you know. We're, we're at a place where we, we, are, we are believing, and, and, and God moves. And somehow he moves in such a spectacular way, in such a miraculous way that we go, wow, oh God, holy God that you are. We realize that he's even bigger than we thought he was, even bigger than we, we understood him to be. And so then we move, we move with him and, and, and our ability to, to, to understand him and our ability to believe and, and to have faith grow. So we go glory unto glory, if you will, or, or in our situation unto situation, however you want to say that. Um, but there's something that happened in Thomas and as he touched Jesus uh, he he obviously made that that amazing confession there, and so so then Jesus speaks to that and he says he says listen, because you have seen me, Thomas, you are believing. And then he says, blessed are those who have not seen yet they believe. And I, I I don't see this as a a condemnation of Thomas. This isn't in any way him you know rebuking Thomas at this point, but he's saying, hey, there's an ability to believe without having to see Thomas. There's an ability to to see my my actions, to see my my uh, miracles and, and to just simply believe. And that's where I want to get us to. And and I want you to understand that I believe in miracles and I want to make a declaration to you this morning that this is a church that believes in miracles. We believe that miraculous things happen. We've seen miraculous things happen in this church and we've seen unanswered prayer in this church. And there's a great tension there isn't isn't it? You know, between what we have seen God do and what we have not seen God do. And when, when we have felt like maybe that our hearts were even more passionate about some of those things that we've been praying for for a long time. And yet we see God doing other things that, that are amazing. And so I want to declare to you today, if, if anyone has ever said to you anything different or if you've ever concluded uh, in some way or, or just thought or perceived that Life Church was not a church of the miraculous. Well, back up, because we are. We believe in the miraculous. We believe that the miracles of God are for today. We believe that God can perform miracles today and that we have a certain expectation. And, and I want you to understand that, that what Pastor Dave and I have been doing over the last couple of years is we've been trying to position us for the miraculous. Miraculous. We, we've been trying to take us into a direction where we get the miracles of God happening. And I don't mean some magical formula. I don't mean some crazy way uh, of doing stuff. I'm just talking about that, that we get rid of the fluff and we, we get rid of all the extra stuff and we get to, the, to where the focus is that, that creates a culture for the miraculous to happen among us. It is still ultimately God's sovereign decision and hand that brings forth a miracle. It is not you. It is not me. It is not an antic. It is not uh, a system. It is not a checklist or any of those kinds of things. It is the divine hand of God that brings about a miracle. But He brings them about. And so we've been trying to, to bring us and center us, if you will, on what is necessary. And that is Jesus and Jesus alone. And as we center on him and as we begin to be missional, we evangelize, make disciples, we should see the miraculous things happen by the hand of God. And I believe I can I can get you to see that through Scripture. But but I want I want you and I to live in that place of expectation. Alright? So we want to create this culture, if you will, in life church. That there is the possibility of a miracle at any moment. At any time, God can do this. And yet, Pastor Dave and I both are very diligent and even vigilant that we will shepherd you. That means we will protect you. And so as we open the opportunity for the miraculous... We will we want to be there to to help you and to protect you in that place. And the reason we do that is because, let's be honest, there's crazy stuff out there in the church. There's just some crazy things that go on. And we don't want you to be subjected to those crazy things. And so we want to help you. We want to, we want to shepherd you along in this. And we want to keep life church centered on Jesus and on the word of truth. All right. We'll go with you after your miracle. We'll chase it with you until the the last setting sun. All right. We'll be relentless. We won't give up. We'll go all the way with you on it. All right. But we're going to keep us on track. We're going to keep us centered in God's word. All right. In John chapter 21, it says Jesus did many other things as well. All right. If every one of them were written down. I suppose that even the whole world would not have room in the books that would be written. So everything that is in the scriptures is not the totality of his miracles. There's much, much more that happened that wasn't written. But but in the, the wisdom of God, he brought it down to a number of miracles depending on whose list you're you're looking at. There are 35 to 37 miracles that Jesus performed that are listed in, in the Gospels and we're going to talk about several of those. All right, as we as we go over the next few Sundays, and I'm very excited about this, about this this aspect of Jesus, the miraculous, and of us delving in, into this. Okay, so I want to just prepare you for a few minutes this morning. All right, and uh, and and I want to say to you that that we want to see what happened during the earthly ministry of Jesus, where he he touched and he transformed so many lives here in these passages. Uh, we want to see that happening today. In the life of this neighborhood, we want to see people out there being touched by God. We want to see people being, if, if you will, transformed by God and, and that they're, they're living out of some of these miracles, all right? That the, we, we, can, we can testify of these miracles and people can experience them, experience them, all right? So, what do we mean when we say Jesus' miracles? What are we talking about in Life Church? Um, you know, there, there are, are many people that disbelieve in the supernatural. I am not one of them. I believe very much in the supernatural. Um, and, and Pastor Dave and I sort of got a, a, a reintroduction to that a little bit this morning. We had someone from the neighborhood who came in and, and spoke with us this morning early, uh, a young man, and, uh, and he, was, he was talking about some encounters with the supernatural, and, uh, and uh, he was talking about in particular, some encounters with what is probably most likely some demonic activity uh, of some sort, and uh, and we prayed with him. We we brought it, Pastor Dave brought him in the office, and we sat down with him, and we talked to him for a moment. And, and I asked him. I said, "Are you a Christian? You know, do you believe in Jesus?" And he goes, "Yes, yes, sir, I do." And I said, "Okay, then I need to pray for you." And, and we prayed with him, and and uh, and and uh, you know, we, we really believe that there is supernatural activity out there. We're not trying to make this kooky or crazy or anything like that. We're just saying that there is darkness in the earth and it buffets the light. It comes against it. And there is only one Jesus. And as we preached to you in a past series, there is no other gospel. There is no other way but Jesus Christ. And that's what we stand on. And we stand on Him alone. And so, so I believe that, that from the very beginning, the universe was made supernaturally. That, that, the whole creation was a supernatural divine act of God. I, I believe that you believe the same as, as I do in that. And, and so there are a number of supernatural things that, that, that we can only attribute to God and, and nowhere else. There's no other explanation for them, all right? Uh, and so when we talk about miracles, we're not talking about Little things that we can explain away with our logic or our little things that maybe are just coincidental. All right. We're talking about significant things that can happen in a life of an individual that can shift them and, and that can move them. But here's what I want you to understand about what what we believe is. is meant by a miracle. And that is a, a divine act of God. That that. Helps a person to see that Jesus is the Son of God. That attests to, that testifies about the power of Jesus and His deity and His ability to save someone from sin. So in Life Church, folks, we believe in the miracles, but we're not chasing after a miracle for the sake of a miracle. We're creating a culture for the miracle to happen so that people can know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what it's all about. And that's what every miracle should do. And I'm declaring to you today that I do not believe, as your pastor, that God will give you a miracle just to make you feel good. God is not going to give you a miracle just to pleasure you. God is not going to give you a miracle just so you are tickled fancy. All right? I don't believe that that's why miracles happen. God doesn't give someone a miracle just so that they can enjoy it themselves. But God gives the miraculous and God heals and God does all of these signs and wonders in order that we may know that He is the Son of God and He forgives sin. And so as we go through this and as we talk about cultivating this culture of the miraculous, we are talking about Jesus Himself and we are appealing to him for the miraculous because that is his testimony to his divine character. That is what he does in order that he may be made known. And so, in Life Church, we believe that every miracle points to Jesus as the Messiah, that Jesus does not just heal the sick and raise the dead for the express purpose of just taking away suffering, although it would do that. But it is to produce the, the credentials of the kingdom, if you will. It is to, to give him validity, alright? And, and, and we're in no means taking away from the reality that, that he has compassion on people and that he cares about people and he understands their, their felt suffering and he would desire to relieve that in some dimension, alright? Because he is a God of love. But what we're saying is that there is, there is something else that is going on when Jesus performs a miracle. And we don't want to miss that. We don't want to miss the depth of His purpose. We don't want to miss what He is trying to accomplish. And, and here's the problem for you and I. Here's where the, where the tension comes in for us some. And that is that because of circumstances and because of experiences and because of situations that, that we have personally encountered in the realm of the miraculous... We sometimes have developed certain biases, our certain views, our certain belief systems about miracles. And some of those can actually hinder us from creating this culture of the miraculous. And I am guilty, number one, of that. I, I, I can be very guilty of. of, of certain biases towards miracles as they are talked about in Christian circles. Because I've seen some of the damage. Now, I've seen some of the things that have happened uh, as a result of people being allowed to do some, some you know, unbiblical things and call them miracles and so forth. But I want you to understand today that we have a wisdom that is from God in His Word and through the pattern of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to live out of the wisdom of God and not out of personal biases. And I want you to be able to look at those and, 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 and understand maybe what has, has caused them to happen in your life. And let's be able to get beyond that. Let's, let's, let's be able to get that out of the, the, the mix, if you will. So that we are able to have a pure heart towards not only Jesus, but to the work that he wants to do among us. All right. So I want to challenge you and I that that we live in that place where when we wake up in the morning we are expecting God to do something. All right. The four gospels record all of these amazing miracles. And they. They give us the, the background of, of many of them, and as we study these, hopefully it's really going to inspire you. Because Jesus healed every kind of disease, every, every kind of sickness among people. He, he dealt with some amazing, amazing issues and, and problems and, and he went into them with, with confidence and assurance as the Son of God that he could handle these situations. He, he, he healed leprosy. He healed blindness from birth. He healed deafness. He healed paralysis. He healed fevers. He healed shriveled limbs. He healed an amputated ear, if you will. He healed muteness and he healed blood hemorrhaging and all these kinds of things. He healed the centurion's servant without even being present. He healed people who just touched him. He didn't have to touch them. He had control over nature. He, he stopped the winds and, 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 and the waves, if you will. He calmed the, the sea. I mean, there, there's these amazing Aspects of Jesus that we need to grab a hold of and we need to say, hey, you know what? He may not do that same miracle in that same way, but he is a miracle Jesus. He is a miracle son of God. And and He is capable of doing miraculous things in my life. And I can learn from these miracles. I I can gain wisdom and understanding from the miracles of Jesus. And I can begin to apply that to my own life. And I can begin to flourish out of this miraculous relationship with God. And so, we need to set this culture up. I read these passages in the scripture and I'm amazed at how the people were in such awe. They They were captured by Jesus in the miraculous. Now, please understand, I'm not looking for a gimmick to grow. Gimmicks to grow are ugly to Jesus. Gimmicks to grow are one of the greatest disasters that a church can embrace. And so we're not trying to create some gimmick here so that we can get people to come to this church. But when Jesus did miraculous things and He did not fail once (laughs) in those miracles, people were, were taken in awe of Him and what His Word would do. And what he proved is that he is Lord over space and over time, and he's not subject to either. And all of these miracles can can go over and beyond uh, natural law; they just defy it all. In Mark chapter two, beginning at verse three, it says that men came to him, and they were bringing a paralytic. And he was being carried by four men. And they couldn't get to him because of the crowd, so they uncovered the roof where he was. and They broke through and they let down the bed in which he was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he he said to the paralytic, Son, your, your sins are forgiven you. And immediately the Pharisees and others rose up. And they were angered. And they said, How can you... How can this blasphemous teaching come about? And, of course, Jesus perceived what they were saying. And, and Jesus, of course, responded. You know, and he says, so, so what, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or take up your bed and walk? And basically what he did was he healed this man. And what he's saying is, to show you that your sins are forgiven, I'm going to heal you and you can take up your bed and walk. And what he's saying is, what I'm, the real message here for you guys is that I am the son of God who takes away the sin of the world. So I want to set this idea of a, a, a culture of miracles up so that we understand why we want the miraculous to happen. I don't want to create an environment where you and I are just self-seeking and where we're only seeking for ourselves or for our friend. I, I want more than anything, more than anything um, in this realm of the miraculous, I want, excuse me, for Cindy Vander Paul to be healed. I would want that. I want more than anything. I would love nothing better than for Jenny St. Graven to wake up one morning and hear her husband snore. You don't, maybe you don't, even, you don't even snore, do you? Hear the, hear the girl so Dave could sleep. Oh, yes, yes. I would want that so much. I would want something for myself, you know, just just a little healing for my physical body. I think I have something like Paul had. I don't know what Paul had, but I think I have something like Paul had. You know, I have a thorn in my flesh. I have this thing back here that I wake up with in the mornings, you know. And I've said, God, heal me for years, you know. And and God's done some amazing things in that respect. And and there have been times when Jack and some of the elders had to come to to my house and pray for me. I couldn't get out of bed. And they prayed for me, and I was able to get up. It was was a wonderful thing. You know, but I've got this thing that, that seems to keep coming back. I, I would want this more than anything. But listen, I want Jerry and Cindy to experience healing because it's Cindy and I love her. But more than that, I want them, I can see the amazing testimony that could come out of that. All right? I can see the amazing, amazing story that could come if Cindy were healed in that respect. But I want you to understand something. I sit with Jerry and Cindy and and we have a family meeting in their living room and and Dave and I sit with them and I hear them talk or I sit with Cindy and and she just talks to me about where she's at and what she's going to and I hear testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and, and the depth of Cindy's spiritual walk, her faith. It's phenomenal. God is not a myth here. I, I don't understand it. I don't have an answer for it. I can't sit down and say, okay, Jerry, here's why Cindy hasn't been healed and give him this pat answer that he can go away with and say, okay, I can, I can handle that. You know? I, I can't explain to Pastor Dave why Jenny is, is not able to hear from birth. I, I, can't, I can't explain to you why he continues to her, allow her to, to not be healed. I I can't explain to to Pastor Dave why when they went to a conference for healing for her and and they were working hard on their faith and really seeking God and praying and fasting and they went and she didn't get healed. Other people stood up and testified of healing but Jenny didn't get healed. And they came back here to continue to represent God and be His voice and preach His gospel and serve His people and she's not healed. I can't answer that question. But I see in, in Jenny an amazing dependency on God. And I, and I see a wonderful relationship. And I see how much that God is growing Dave and Jenny. And, and how he even uses this disability, as we call it, in her life for her growth. And, I, and, and, and there's a great testimony in, in that but I would love for her to be healed because I could see how amazing that could be in terms of reaching lost people. But I don't understand why it hasn't happened. But I still believe it can. I still believe it can. So I keep praying. I keep praying. I don't, I don't. That's why I said, we will go with every one of you with your miracle. We'll, we'll, we'll chase after it with you. We'll go after it with you. But I believe that there is a culture here that we can create where we can believe and expect the miraculous and we can see it happen. It may not be a particular person or a situation or a circumstance that we want God to do, but God will do the miraculous. God will stand with us and He will be faithful and He will do miraculous things and we can rejoice in them because they will proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that He is the Son of God, and that He takes away sin. And that's what I'm getting at here is I want you to understand something. Let me back up. I hope I'm not rambling here. I hope I'm really making sense to you and this is being coherent. I'm I'm just trying to lay a foundation here this morning for you. He did miraculous things. And he spoke of those who are blessed because they believe without even having to see. And I want to create that culture, but there's a reason and a purpose for that. Now, on two occasions in, in the scriptures, Jesus spoke back. He retorted. He replied back. He sort of rebuttaled, if you will. And he spoke about the Pharisees. And he said, he said, they will get no sign. I will not give a sign. I will not. I, I, won't, I won't do a wonder here in this generation. Except that of the sign of Jonah, the prophet. Twice he, he, he's, he makes this declaration. Now, the reality is, is that when he had made that declaration on one occasion, he had just done a miracle. All right. He's saying, I won't, I won't perform a sign. I won't give a sign. And yet he's healing and, and he's, he's doing these, these miraculous things and performing these signs and wonders. And, and, and I want you to understand there's no conflict here in this. And and, and this is what I want you to understand about Jesus. All right. Jesus understands that these Pharisees, these Sadducees, these individuals who are not believing, they haven't believed already any of the signs, any of the miracles. And and, in each of them, they have actually uh, become more irate and and, and more defensive and and, and, uh, more vile towards Jesus. And I realize that God is using all this in His sovereignty. but, But they are not responding to the miraculous as those who are whose hearts are 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 right and are seeking because those who are seeking when they experience the miracles in 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 uh, and around them it causes them to believe they believe that Jesus is the son of god but these set pharisees are are not believing and one commentator says that really what they're asking for what these pharisees are asking for is some sort of of um, antic they're asking for something uh, big that has no sort of moral value to it it has no no sense of of helping or making a difference they just want to see some sign that is big and jesus responds to that attitude to to that way of thinking to that heart and says you won't get a sign Not in this generation. The only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah, the prophet, which is burial, death, and resurrection. Why does he say that? Because, folks, we cannot make this a circus. Jesus will not be reduced to antics. He could have done anything he wanted to do. As one writer says, he could have literally made it rain cats and dogs if he would have wanted to. I was like, no, (laughs) don't don't do that. (laughs) But there are people out there who would would look for that sort of stuff. And here's the problem. There's some of that kind of stuff in it. It's come into the church in our day. It's come into the church that people are looking for certain things, certain manifestations, certain demonstrations, and they make absolutely no sense at all. There's no purpose in them for affirming or confirming that Jesus is the son of God and he takes away sin. And so I want to I want to challenge us that that our heart as we go forward here is 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 carefully set so that we have a, an atmosphere of honor. We're not captivated by it. The miraculous. And we're not enticed and intoxicated by things that can happen or can manifest. We're not getting drunk on the stuff that we're seeing going on out there in churches or in the church world that is being called legitimate miracles of God. And they are not. But that we are realizing that this is a neighborhood that we are called to. This is a neighborhood that Jesus loves. And His value that He places upon this neighborhood is at the top of the chart because He sent His Son, Jesus died. God sent His Son, Jesus, to die for this neighborhood. So this neighborhood has such great value. And so we want to see some miraculous things begin to happen in this neighborhood not to put Jesus on display not to not to create some stage this isn't a vegas show this isn't a magic show this is a reality that we have been called to make disciples and that we're to go into this neighborhood to do that and that we're going to need something more than our humanity and our own strength. We're going to need the supernatural power of God. And we're going to close with this. Here is the most amazing miracle of all. And that is that Jesus became the sin of the world. Became the lamb to be slaughtered. That he died on the cross for our sin and that he was resurrected from the dead that is the beauty of that I was was talking with, with Nathan before the service for me the beauty of that whole miraculous element of our faith is that it is personal for every single individual everybody gets to experience that miracle calls on the name of Jesus. You and I can't do what we've been called to do without the supernatural power of God at work. So let us begin to cultivate this culture, if you will. See, I, I think when Jesus walked through that wall, it made a difference. But if that had been all he had done, I think the disciples may have been prone to setting up some kind of show. All right, here's the guy who walks through walls. Whoa, come see the guy who walks through walls. But he went over and he said, "He said, Thomas, you touch me." But he put put his hand out there and said, Do you "See it, I touch it." And Thomas said, "My Lord and my God." Whoo! I want this neighborhood to be touched by a miracle. That's not corny, and I didn't mean that to come out that way. That I'm, There's no reference to a movie or, or a series or anything, all right? That was not intended at all. I want us to be touched by the miraculous. Because, see, if we're touched by a miracle, we're touched by Jesus. If someone in this neighborhood is touched by a miracle, they're touched by Jesus. Yeah, you, you get it? So let's create this culture, this, this atmosphere of the miraculous. Because when we do, I believe Jesus will come. When we start to evangelize more and more and more, we already are doing it, but as we evangelize more and more and more, Jesus is going to come through with the miraculous more and more and more. Because that's how it is in the Scriptures. And I believe that whether I preach, or Nathan preaches, or Pastor Dave preaches, or somebody else in here stands up and preaches one of these miracles to you. I believe that in every one of them, I believe that the person preaching can take that miracle and point to Jesus in a powerful way and, and, and help you and others, lost people, see that Jesus is the Son of God and he has come to take away sin. Amen? All right, would you bow your heads for a moment? Pastor Dave's going to come up in just a moment. If you haven't experienced this great miracle of salvation, he's going to give you the opportunity to do that. But I want to ask you right now what do you need to do in your own heart that will allow you to be a part of creating a culture of the miraculous? Do you have to deal with some unbelief? Are there some memories? Is there some some hurt or some pain in some place where you were and somebody did something wacky? Is there just some disappointment with God because He hasn't done something that you would have wanted him to do? Is there fear? Because the miraculous can get messy and can get challenging? what is it that you and I must do in our own hearts so that we desire the culture of the miraculous among us and that we go hard after it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to liberate us from anything that would be a weight or a hindrance, anything that would be upon us, that would limit us from the faith and the expectation and the excitement and the desire and the passion for a culture of the miraculous. Father, I ask you that you you take away any darkness over us. And I pray that as we go forward and as we preach the miracles of Jesus, that you would would open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to, to the beauty of the miraculous and the power of it. I ask you to help every person in this room right now to give to you anything that has held them back. And I pray that you break the bonds of that and that we're all released to seek you for the miraculous. Jesus, be Lord over our lives, our minds, our hearts, our mission, our works. In Jesus' name we pray man.